if you think you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you say you don't scare easily. If you believe you've seen everything. Then prepare yourself for a motion picture that takes you beyond fear beyond your wildest nightmares and brings you face to face with terror beyond the power of priest or science to exercise. What are they? Raging demons from another world? Bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed? Or incarnations of absolute evil? They possess men, women, and children and drive them to acts of unbelievable horror. No one is safe from them. No power on earth can stop them. The only escape is death. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick. services yeah it doesn't go that far no best boy grips what is yeah. a best boy he's better than the worst boy yeah. yeah clearly there's a group of boys and one of them is best yeah the rest of them are just crap or just boys yeah yeah they don't have to be bad or yeah inadequate they're just not way. best yeah adequate boys yep <laughs> there's a whole list of them <laughs> It's It's like one of those Marvel movies with the, you know, the creative uh, computer imaging houses that they list everybody. Oh, God. And it runs on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So what's worse when they don't credit people? Uh, Is that worse than seeing like the the, just the wall of text that is everyone who did anything on the digital stuff? Um, I don't know. Hey, listeners. You're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, and uh, we will spoil that horror movie. What is this, from 74? Yeah, it was made in 74. 1974's Shivers. Um, We will try to not spoil Recently Watched. No big guarantees there. And uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, Find them... On uh, Amazon or iTunes, if you want to buy their music digitally, and say hi to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays, and um, that's housekeeping. And we are here. Uh, 
spring has finally sprung and uh we'll see know, how long it lasts we had branches breaking i was so i don't know what a snowstorm a couple of days ago yeah a snowstorm. did that bum you guys out a little bit it was a little i mean when i went to bed i was like uh it's not gonna stick <laughs> and i woke up and it was shocking yeah and i, felt, I had to sorry scrape the, the car off yeah i felt bad for the trees there are broken trees everywhere mm-hmm. we just planted a lot of stuff so we had to go out and cover everything with the buckets that it came out of and, oh fun and tent things with garbage bags it just it was a shit show so yeah i guess the moral of that story is it's not really spring until it's the middle of summer <laughs> yeah yeah when it when it hits 91 degrees and you know there's we're no, only oh. gonna have two two seasons anymore we'll have the long winter it's and like the long, long summer it's increasingly like living on mercury yeah <laughs> it is. but it's perfectly normal the planet goes through these normal cycles this is just this is just what happens sure yeah sure yeah totally do you remember this when you were a kid? Did you even own sunscreen, you guys? Well, Jolly, and not you. You grew up in England. But, Will, you grew up in uh, the Southwest. Oh, yeah. Sunscreen was a big thing. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it would make sense. I mean, you're pretty close to the equator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there was a bottle of moisturizer or sunscreen in the house. Uh, why um, would you need it? You, there, these would be like things you associated with with the uh, you know, abroad yeah is, maybe if you went you to spain holiday, or yeah. something yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well uh, growing up in chicago and then moving out to uh the inland northwest the pacific northwest inland area uh i remember back in you know like the 80s yeah had some sunscreen but it was maybe an eight there was no such thing as anything like near like 25 or 30 <coughs> No, now there's 70 and 80 and whatever. But is it like <coughs> something that's above 30? It doesn't matter. It's not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, something like that. There is a cutoff number. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things like 78 and 80. It's like mm-hmm. if, if you can't swim, it doesn't matter if the water is seven feet deep or 17 feet deep. <laughs> you're just going to die. <laughs> this is where I hope. You'll pause it in the editing and go, hey, we found out that 70, <laughs> 70 SPF is actually better. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know for sure. I'm getting this really loud. Are you? Yeah. Well, hold on a oh, second. you want to turn it down? Is that better? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was hurting my delicate show likes. Oh, uh, yes. So... Uh, last time we did this, um, Ziggy joined us. Yeah, no teenage girl this week. No, no, What's just that. Just a bunch of old guys talking about horror movies that she wouldn't have liked this one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I probably saw this about her age yeah. first time on video. No. How? Oh, How would you do that? It's a bootleg. Uh, this was no, there. I'm sure it was out there. Yeah, it was Canadian. Yeah, they they didn't think the Canadians would make anything uh, awful. Uh, like people, the directors who regarded highly were had more leniency. Oh, uh, Cronenberg, like Carpenter, Romero. Well, Romero got like a bit cut, but yeah, um, yeah, Cronenberg. He, he was he he got respect pretty early on in Britain. Well, good. You're right. It is like a cocktail party with dogs. There's just the the glass the glasses with the ice rattling and dogs barking in the middle distance. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We should drink more interesting drinks so you can post drink recipes on the oh yeah Facebook. Do you remember how I told you when we went to Atlanta um, and went to the world of Coke? I discovered like out of all the exotic Coca-Cola products from around the whole world, because there's this big tasting room, which is fountain after fountain. You know, they have like a circle, like a tree of, of uh, soda fountains that... Uh, it's like, oh, these, this is like Southeast Asia and this is, uh, you know, Eastern Europe and, and these are what they drink there. And you're like, oh, God, this is salty or whatever. Oh, God, this is ridiculously sweet and too red. Um, I discovered the one I liked was really popular, like in the Philippines or somewhere. And it was, uh, it was a Pineapple Fanta or Fanta, however you want to pronounce it. Pineapple Fanta. Yeah. So that Sounds terrible. It does. You you had some, Julian. I, I think. I? I think you did. Yeah. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, about a year ago. Or so. Yeah. Um, my goal is to create a good tropical tasting cocktail involving that soda. Well, now now that we're on the Coke podcast, I, I yeah. Um, when I was in, in Japan, uh, we went into this like cafe and uh, in this department store, and we ordered cokes, and they just gave us these glasses of cokes. And we drank them, and then I tried standing up. My legs were just, there were just no bones in them. They're just yeah. this wobbly mass. And uh, it, they have this stuff called Jolt Cola. Oh, yeah. Oh. Which is incredibly high in caffeine. Caffeine, yeah. It got me yeah. through college finals. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was uh, all the sugar and twice the caffeine mm-hmm. was their slogan. <laughs> yeah, but they could have warned us. I mean, yeah, yeah. That was just uh, surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Turn your legs to jelly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but since we did this last time with Ziggy, uh, I really haven't watched much of anything other than uh, a couple episodes of this series called Dead to Me. Oh, yeah. And uh, Yes, think... and what is your thoughts on this series? Um, I recently watched some this of... as well. Yeah, all of it or some of I it? I finished it. Oh, did you? Okay, I've only seen two or three episodes. But you were slogging after a few, weren't you? I was, and yeah. I went ahead and slogged through the finish line uh only because i had nothing to do one afternoon it, it didn't and... feel that much more interesting than like uh desperate housewives or or uh what's the one bad girls or something that's on now where these, these women are involved with passing counterfeit money uh it doesn't feel much more interesting or different than that sort of thing it's it's about women in a um it felt at least to me uh a little more grounded than those yeah, um, more but, pl- more plausible. Yeah, a little more plausible. But I still, having watched the show, all eight episodes or whatever it is, I couldn't tell you what to categorize this <laughs> oh. as. Not that that's an important thing, you know, when you review something. You're like, no, I don't know where this fits. But I really, I really don't, because it was kind of sold as a dark comedy, but it yeah. doesn't play that way, really. It's not really a drama. Dark dramedy? dark dramedy yeah <laughs> so well you think you're gonna finish it i might um i was just sort of uh passively watching it and uh yeah i, I, I sort of background watched the first episode and then actively watched the next two yeah so what's the premise of that series um christina applegate is a uh she was unmarried with children <clears throat> uh that's the young, dumb teen daughter. Yeah, I know. She, you know she's, who she is. She's funny, yeah, yeah. Um, she plays a forty-something uh, married lady whose husband is hit and 
run over. Um, and she goes to grief counseling and meets a lady who's like, oh, my fiancé died. And then you find out, oh, no, her fiancé didn't die. And she makes up some other story. And you're like, well, who is this sociopath? And I guessed immediately. I'm like, she's the one who hit the husband. Uh-huh. Like, it's something about it, like, I don't know, it was another sixth sense moment. Like, pff, I guess the thing. And thankfully, they didn't drag that out for the whole series. That would be unbearable. They pretty much show you immediately, first episode, that, yeah, she's the one who hit the husband. But you have to wait. Is she ever going to say it? Is she, mm-hmm. you know, what other lies is she going to come up with? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just a weird show. It's like almost funny like okay that's almost a joke that's almost and a couple times you're like okay that is funny that's that's kind of a dark joke but there's not enough of that to Mm -hmm. call it a dark comedy really it's not really dramatic enough it's kind of it's just kind of some of each thing there's little of each thing yeah um it's strange and we only kind of promised not to spoil stuff didn't we that's the first episode. Yeah, that is true. I won't tell you what happens. I mean, no, no. I mean, you know, how long can someone keep a ruse like that going? Yeah, in a in a dark dramedy. You know, I only revealed the spoiler at the end of the first episode. So yeah, yeah. Um, I won't tell you that she's actually no. <laughs> <laughs> Han Solo dies in the end of this. Yes. Okay. Spider Man makes it to the reboot though. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, other than um, tonight's uh, feature, Shivers, I think that's all I watched was a couple episodes of that. Oh. And then some late night TV. You know, I, I stay up with a little dog and watch a, a couple of uh, the late night shows, comedy shows. Oh, like uh, Colbert and Colbert, Seth Meyers. Yeah. I don't even know who hosts anymore. It's been so long since yeah. I've watched over the air television. Yeah, it's weird. Like having a yeah. di- digital rabbit ears. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Do you have... Yeah, uh, we, you don't have cable anymore, do oh, you? Oh, no, no. We cut you the cord ready. fully. Oh, good. We have high-speed internet, yeah. and we have the capability of streaming a few different ways. Yeah. So we have a Fire Stick, and uh, uh, Netflix and stuff like that can come through the smart TV and through the Blu-ray player, and I feel like another way. Like you can you can draw this stuff in through your mind. Yeah, you know now that's coming soon. But that's really it. I mean, we we just uh, and the digital the digital rabbit ears can pull in the local channels, of which there are a lot of crappy ones. I was surprised. <laughs> oh, there are a ton of really crappy uh, repeat channels that. Oh yeah. Repeat in that they show old television shows. You know. It's, yeah. I had to uh, uh, re uh, fix my uh, landlady's TV. Um, it, it turned out it'd be, uh, she'd um, it become detuned. I had to put all channels oh, back yeah, in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, all she could get was a couple of the uh, Spanish channels. Oh, yeah. So there's like uh, all she could watch was Thor in Spanish. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Which, is, you know, is, is pretty fun, but you don't, don't want to do that all the time. No, no. Um, and some of the stuff lines up nicely. Um what about you, Julian? What did you watch since we did this? Uh, well, uh, so saw uh, that uh, Scream 4 was on Netflix. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having seen the first three, I thought I'd uh, finish off the 
the, uh, the tetralogy. Oh, it's not a, it's not called a quadrilogy. Uh, I think quadrilogy is like a, that was they came up with that for when the fourth Alien came out. Oh, okay, yeah, probably. So there's now a word. Oh, probably. No, is it? I don't know. Maybe. But I think uh, in Greek drama, if uh, there was like a set of four plays, yeah, yeah, it was a tetralogy. Okay. Okay. So that's what I, th- I think that's the older phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Probably more correct. Um, anyway, uh, so Scream 4, 2011, director Wes, Cra- Wes Craven again, and uh, screenplay by Kevin Williamson. Oh, wow. Again. And again, you have uh, Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and you've got uh, people like uh, Anthony Anderson playing Officer Anthony oh. Perkins. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, and you've got, you got some uh, good... Uh, you know, new people in the cast, like uh, really like uh, Hayden Panettiere. Right, the worst thing about Scream Four, I'd seen it. Oh, as I was watching it, it was like, oh, oh, I this is familiar. Oh, I remember this, but <laughs> yeah, as it oh. went along, <laughs> this oh. is only like this is less than eight years old. Old. <laughs> so that's how memorable it was. <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, what? this is like the Black Xmas of slasher movies. Because I, I, I've sat down to see that one twice. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, after a few minutes, realised I'd seen it before. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah, um, you know, it was, it was okay. Um, so, Scream Four was okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it has enough likable people in it, uh, and it's you know, it's, you know, decently shot, um, but it's pretty bland i find uh, yeah. it's very forgettable i couldn't tell you what well, happened yeah. now oh great <laughs> this is a good film did they fix courtney cox's bangs yes everyone looks pretty good all right good i guess that was just the tragedy of scream three <laughs> uh anyway um and uh, also saw uh, the mule oh yeah from last year the clint eastwood movie uh it's based on the story of leo sharp I don't know. Uh, he was this 90-year-old World War II veteran who, uh, you know, he hadn't got much money and uh, he turned to um, ferrying drugs for the Sonola cartel. Oh, Sinola okay. Cartel. And uh, so this is, is based off that. Okay. And they changed his name. and uh, But um, so Clint Eastwood plays a Korean War vet- veteran who, uh, you know, his... his uh, the internet has ruined his orchid farm, and uh, so he's um, <coughs> and he gets, you know, one of his uh, his daughter's uh, friends tells him how he could make money driving like he likes to do in his old truck. Yeah, and he, he ends up running drugs. Yeah, like uh, you know, hundreds of kilos of <laughs> smack for yeah. the Sinaloa cartel. Uh, and it's got like Michael Pena in it, Lawrence Fishburne, Bradley Cooper, Andy Garcia, uh, Alison Eastwood, one of his daughters. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that one is excellent. Uh, do you like Eastwood movies that he's directed? Uh, I've, like, I've not watched many. I think you like him because he's, he's, uh, him or, or his editor are really good at getting into the scene at the last moment and then out of the first moment. You know, the classic. Yeah. <laughs> What you're meant to do with editing, right? Nice. Uh, yeah, you can you can see how and and how one cut will go into the next scene. Yeah, and it, it just plays into it. It's, oh, very yeah, nice. They're, they're, yeah, they're always expertly done. 
So, uh, yeah, that's all I saw. Oh, cool. Will, was there anything else from you? Uh, we finished out um, season three of uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Oh. Uh, which unfortunately left you wanting of season four. <laughs> but you... at the same time, too late. <laughs> you yeah. know, they shouldn't have dicked around for eight episodes and then decided to spend the last two with something sort of interesting. Oh, that's a bummer. So, yeah. It's a bummer. No more of those. Oh, oh well. It seemed like they were just kind of going back to the well and all the same stuff over and over. Yeah. As I was going to say... Um, I wish uh, Clint Eastwood would make a movie where he was just an orchid farmer. I would watch the hell out of that. Like uh, earlier today, a co-worker said that she saw John Wick 3. Mm-hmm. I said, I've seen none of the John Wicks. Is he a candle maker? <laughs> like that. And we both agreed that we would each watch, you know, three hours <laughs> of Keanu Reeves making candles. Uh-huh. No oh, yeah. talking. Oh, just yeah. him making candles. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, he's dipping those quartz in the wax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would watch that. Yeah, Keanu Reeves would probably enjoy doing it. Yeah, you know, like so meditation. same thing. Yeah, Clint Eastwood, orchid farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no reason not to. I mean, some of that stuff's fascinating to watch. Yeah, yeah, people, you know, people could. I, I think there are. Uh, Ziggy was talking about how people make quiet noises and into microphones, and that's like their YouTube channel or whatever. Or their podcast. I'm not sure what, what that's about, but I would think that because they have Twitch now, uh-huh. people sit there and they play video games and people watch them play. Mm-hmm. So I think you have, and I, and this is me being old, um, I think it's a split screen. You see the player and the game and the game screen. Maybe. Or maybe it's a picture in picture situation. I don't know. I haven't even bothered Some to look. sort of magic. It's a it's a young it's a young person's thing. It's a and, young person's magic. Yes. With the YouTubes and the Twitch. <laughs> yes, the Twitches and the YouTubes. Um, that's my that that's my uh, You sure there's not some sort of tweeting involved? There might they might be tweeting. They got they got more thumbs these these kids now. They got more thumbs than we do. So, you know. They they, they use other fingers as thumbs. Yeah. So they, they've got like four thumbs total. Ooh. So, God, that's a good name for a podcast. Four, four thumbs total. That's a good uh, Cronenberg movie. Yeah. I would watch People, that too. You grow a parasitic thumb. Yeah. And then you do awful things with it. Like play Twitch. Like yeah. Play, play video games on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, why were we talking about Twitch? I don't you were talking know. about it. We I don't you know. were talking about it. I was making fun of it, and it, Jolien was staying out of it. <laughs> that was the safe bet. <laughs> it's like I'll let him dig himself another hole here. This is fine. Um, I don't know why I was talking about old that. guys talk about. You were talking about uh, watching interesting people doing stuff they're passionate oh. about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So do they have do they have Twitch TV for like someone would watch me print stuff at the print shop? I mean, somebody might enjoy watching that. Possibly. Um, the same coworker who saw John Wick 3 said that her father used to fall asleep watching Julia Child flip an omelet. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if he had that on repeat or... <laughs> she just flipping it over what? and over? But she, yeah. Or yeah. if it was just like a, a super cut of all her omelet flips over the years. Yeah. Was it in slow motion and she, yeah. she was wearing a low-cut dress? Yeah, probably, you know. Maybe. The way that stuff works. Um, 
when when we had the episode where the power cut out, uh, we came back from having lost the files, and I was like, yeah, I was talking about John Wick too. I and and, I, and what I said that didn't make it to the podcast then, and I'll say it now. I was at C two E two, um, in Chicago, uh, mm-hmm. hanging out in the hotel room, and uh, the guy that I was working with, uh, he had that on when I got back from whatever I was doing and I didn't know, or maybe he changed the channel. I don't know, but I don't know if I got in half an hour into the movie or half a minute into the movie. It seemed to me like for the amount of time it went on, maybe it was the very beginning when I saw it. I mean, all you got to do is just jump right into the action and who knows, you know, if you walk into the room and this is on, who who knows when it started. And then it just seemed like it was a very long fight scene. The whole movie. The whole movie was just chases and fights and fights and chases. And uh, and that's fine. <clears throat> yeah. That's what you paid for. I've, yeah. I've watched them both so yeah. far. You don't expect to see him flipping any omelets. Because, you know, you, should... you know, Julia Child got into cooking when she was in her 40s. Yeah. She, she was not. You know uh, what she was before then? Uh, crossing guard. She was a spy. Oh, really? How cool is that? What kind of spying did she do? Cooking spy. <laughs> She's the one who broke out the seven herbs and spices <laughs> that Colonel Sanders had. <laughs> Secret. She died trying to get the Coke formula. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Smirsh stands for. It's Russian for seven spices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she, she, was, uh, she was an English spy against whom? Yeah, I think she was an American spy. Was she an American? Yeah, she, she was in Europe. But yeah, she was in France. That's how long it's been since I've seen this. Yeah. Since I've seen her show. I don't even remember what accent she had. I know she had a funny voice, but I don't remember if she... Did she have an accent of any sort? Yes. Norwegian. Norwegian. (laughs) So she did all her best spying on on the uh, lutefisk industry. She had a really horribly racist Japanese accent, and that's why they don't see (laughs) clips of her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Made Mickey Rooney seem sensitive. <laughs> oh, God. Mickey Rooney playing a Japanese person. Oh, let's not think That's about terrible. it. That's terrible. Just not think about it. Yeah. So the sins of the past, can they be forgiven? <laughs> not that one. No? Okay. I wonder that, you know, like, things are of their time, and... Uh, no one thinks twice about certain things, and then those things don't age well when when uh, social norms change. Uh, like people will watch things that we thought of as innocuous teen comedies, like uh, Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller. People watch that stuff now, and they're like, "Oh God, that's so cringy. That's so not okay." It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, if you show an awful character being awful, but then you pass it off as normal, I don't know. Uh, the shit from 1985 is it uh, meant to play like today's norms no no I mean we had to go through all that 1985 stuff to get to where we are now that's true I don't know so should we just erase it all um I think it should be a case by case basis with 1985 we could keep back to the future but let's dump I don't know what else came out in 1985 uh, Day of the Dead. Day, Day of, of the Dead. Dead. Yeah, let's get rid of that shit. Reanimator. Reanimator. <laughs> Was that eighty-five or eighty-six? That could have been eighty-six. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. 
86? I thought it was 86, but who knows? Who cares? We could look it up, but we don't have the Google machine or the Twitches or the... <laughs> Any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, I kind of grew up being used to seeing and reading stuff um, that I didn't agree with. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. Ethically. Yeah. So I'm just kind of used to it. I just don't expect... Yeah, I think all the past to be to conform to what I think is right. Yeah, like and, I, yeah, you probably rarely sided with the cowboys in the cowboy movies, right? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. like the first comic I ever drew was where the like the native guy won. Oh, okay. In a duel, I thought, oh, that this, this changes things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just more interesting to me. And but, they would be overtly racist, and and as a kid, I would watch that and say. Well, what did this native guy ever do? Yeah, uh, that this cowboy is being such an asshole to him, and uh, threatening him with all kinds of stuff. And you know, where where's the where's the uh, righteousness in that? Yeah, well, in England, you kind of instinctively go with the underdog. Yeah, whoever it is. Yeah, um, you, you sympathise with them in some level. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I was just used to it. I'm, when they say westerns, they started to get more, uh, you know, treat uh, people more fairly in the fifties. But before then, you could see, oh yeah, uh, westerns which uh, had better representations than, than you might assume. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it was a different world entirely. And well, we've come this far. We've pretty much fixed everything, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so on to Shivers. Shivers. Let's talk about this movie. Shivers, 1975, according to this note. Um, I thought it was 74 for some reason. It was. It was made in 74. Okay. So and made... and some of the British reference books I looked at have it as 74. Okay. There's so... evidently some blurb about the Olympics. Oh. Which I guess took place in 74. And. In Montreal? Montreal. Oh, that would make sense. So uh, so whether it was made in 73, 74... And then well, it would have been made in 74 then, because the Olympics were on yeah. TV. Uh, oh, And so, they took place in 74. Okay. You can hear on and the then, radio in the movie. Yeah, oh, okay. and then you... Uh, I think it came out the next year, probably. Yeah, or maybe it got done inside 74 and went yeah. to some... Um, well, festivals. Who knows? Yeah, they played at festivals, and there's a there's disastrous preview screening in in oh, Canada. Did yeah. you read about that? Yes, it's like you paid for it. You might as well see it. Well, <laughs> or yeah, something like that. What was the phrase? It? Was uh, uh, this is what you paid for? Yeah. yeah, because this was funded with government, some government yeah, money. Yeah, the CFDC. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, they they did a, a preview, and they thought it'd be a good idea to invite in these these critics and this guy just uh, who was like really influential with the, the small community uh, up there. Um, just uh, hated it. And... Yeah, worst <laughs> movie you'd ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and he had seen uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space twice. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so uh, Robert Fulford, who wrote as Marshall Delaney for a magazine called Saturday Night, and uh, so he had a came he had out a on a Tuesday private screening for Fulford. Oh, 
and then his review was on the cover of the next issue and uh, it said uh, inside Marshall Delaney reviews the most perverse disgusting repulsive film he has ever seen wow uh, if this is the kind of movie Canada had to make to have a film industry we shouldn't have an industry wow that's that got sounds a little thin skinned doesn't he <laughs> Wow, dude. So this is the most disgusting thing you've ever seen? So that means that you're, you're fairly naive and inexperienced. Uh, this would have been the bloodiest was... movie. I, I, I can't think of many that would be bloodier than this one. Yeah, this point. is pretty bloody. And yeah. it was 1974 or 5. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, I mean, yeah. Canada hadn't done horror movies until 74. Really? Yeah, I don't know enough about Canadian uh, films. See, I'm right. Needed so Cannibal Girls would be a year or so before this. Ooh, I've not seen that one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't think of any. So, so this one um, really kicked it off, and uh, reviews like that didn't stop Cronenberg, thankfully, because mm-hmm. he made a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you didn't like this one or the next one after it, then there were plenty more to come along that you could like <laughs> yeah, or so, be you know, shocked by. So it gave him a lot of problems with getting his next film made. Yeah. Um, you know, Canadian funding especially. Would that be The Brood or Rabbit? Rabbit was Ra- his next Rabbit. one. Yeah. Um, but he'd, he'd done like ad, uh, you know, ads and short films. Mm. For the, and he'd had his own personal short films before this. Stereo and uh, Crimes of the Future, mm. and a short called From the Drain. Wow, <laughs> which plays into this one. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that seems like that would be something, yeah. something rattling around in his head that he just couldn't get rid of. Yeah, well, apparently he'd, he'd had a, a dream about uh, a sleeping woman and a, a spider comes out of her mouth at night and wanders around and oh and then goes back into her mouth before she wakes up mm. wow that's kind of crazy but you know uh he had time to work out that idea and far crazier ones yeah because he went on to make scanners videodrome the fly dead ringers naked lunch crash existence and um if you like finger trauma eastern promises oh, oh yeah yeah finger trauma you know, I don't think there's any tooth trauma in that one, Will, so you could probably watch it. Okay. But uh, Ziggy wouldn't want to watch Eastern Promises. No. Mm-hmm. With the, what are they, pruning shears or something where the guy snips the I other guy's fingers off? Oh, yeah, well, there's some finger snipping. Mm, okay. Yeah, both of yeah, those, <clears throat> those Viggo Mortensen movies are excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was uh, History of Violence, I think was yeah, the other one. Yeah, History of Violence, yeah. yeah. Also a Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's there was plenty more to come, and there was not uh, there was not going to be any stopping him, <laughs> except you know no. you could you could try defunding him, but <laughs> as long as somebody some money shows up, everything's going to be cool. Um, so this is uh, this was also known as the Parasite Murders, and they came from within, and for French Canadian distribution, frisons, 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 um, which, which means shivers, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that did really well as Frisson. So they uh, they so when they distributed it in in uh, the UK, it became Shivers. Oh, oh okay. And, uh, so 
Um, so this one was uh, written and directed by Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's his first full-length movie. Yeah. Uh, the original shooting title was Orgy of the Blood Parasites. <laughs> and uh, this says it was released on uh, October 10th, 1975. Um, which, you know, then again, who knows? People get this stuff wrong all the time. Uh, largely negative reviews from Canadian and U.S.-based critics. Mm-hmm. But U.S. critics, I mean, you know, what were they looking at at this point in time? You think, okay, 74 into 75, you've seen the Godfather movies, um, The Exorcist. Uh, yeah. You've had, uh, oh, some of the black exploitation stuff was in full swing by then, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, of course, they weren't going out and seeing that how, stuff. How widely known Texas Chainsaw would be at this point. Right. Because that would be rolling out in road shows and things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure if the critic... Did the critics pick up on that one immediately? Or is it? did that take I a while? I don't know. I think that one probably took a while. Was Soylent Green out yet? Yes, yes. Okay. 73, I think. Yeah. Also hairy and sweaty. <laughs> everything in the everything in the seventies was like brown and plaid and hairy and sweaty. Oh yes, there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Um, anybody know why uh, the guy who uh, oh what was his what was his character's name? I have this written down. Um, I've got them all. Oh okay, so Alan Coleman, he's credited under another name in uh, in one of the. In one of the websites, like a different last name. Huh. I don't know why that is. Um, maybe he changed his name? Maybe he the did. The guy who plays uh, Nicholas Tudor? Uh, yeah, the guy with... Um, yeah, he's Alan uh, Migakovsky. Oh, okay. So you, you do have a different name for him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, f- I also found him as uh, Alan Coleman. Uh, the, one mm. that, the one that looks like Ross from Friends. Yes. Oh, I got these things moving around in my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he the worst friend? Cronenberg directs friends. Oh, God. And Ross gets a parasite. <laughs> yeah. Joe, so Joey. Oh, my God. So here's what happens. So, so Joey eats his sandwich and, and kind of freaks out because he, he knows that he's going to get in trouble for it. So he just finds a sandwich in, in like the garbage can outside of Bodega and he just wraps it up in the paper from the other sandwich and puts it back in the fridge. Okay. Ross, I like it. Ross gets a parasite. And Ross gets a parasite. Yeah. That uh, causes him to be sexually violent. Yeah, I don't like where it goes after that. No, it's 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 a real, do, real do, downer episode of Friends. Does he still have Went the monkey? To some weird places. Does he still have Marcel the monkey? Yeah, when you see the elevator door open and the monkey eating smashed up cherry pie. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Bad news. Who is the worst friend out of the group? As far as like, it's probably Ross. Yeah, least least likable, least. I, I've never watched it. You never watched oh, Friends. You're so lucky. Which which is the best of the Friends? So lucky. Who's the most entertaining, most interesting one? None of them. Oh come on, Will. Okay, who's if? Uh, they're all sort of annoying. You have to sort them in an order. So who? Oh, who okay. So who's the least worst? The least worst, <laughs> Phoebe. Okay. And then Joey? Uh, Is Joey right behind Phoebe for you? Probably. Okay. So. Uh, they could probably just give Joey his own show, right? They did, if you <laughs> don't remember. I, I do remember. It was a terrible idea. Yes. So anyway, Ross from Friends uh, has, a, has a doppelganger in has this movie. Has his own show. 
<laughs> right, where he's where he's got uh, where he's got a parasite and he's living in a in a high rise building. Now, were these high rise buildings that were sort of luxury apartments? Yeah, was this sort of a new concept then? Do you think? I feel like there were yeah. there were apartment buildings, but most of them weren't high rises and most of them weren't luxury. Yeah, high rises. Yeah, I don't think so. And so it was a newer concept. Because a lot of the big cities had what uh, the English call tower blocks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like Chicago had some really nice ones downtown, but then everything else was just sort of like, yeah, this is where you live. Yeah, it's a box. In, <clears throat> it's a box in which you live, and if you're lucky, there's an elevator that goes up to your floor. Yeah, yeah. In, in England, <clears throat> at least the uh, tower blocks were associated with uh, council housing. Oh, okay. It's just cheap and fast. Yeah. Yeah way of rehousing people after the war oh yeah so you had somewhere to live yeah especially and, and there wasn't the idea of luxury penthouses outside of hollywood movies oh yeah wow um, but i i think it, it plays in you know because cronenberg's a fan of jg ballard okay. so i i think uh his high-rise story would be uh might might be on his mind yeah the sort of microcosm of society and there's all these uh privileged people uh, secluding themselves away from, from the you know, city. Yeah. Led by Dennis Hopper. <laughs> See, Land of the Dead did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of uh, high-rise luxury, uh, haves and have-nots. Yeah, but uh, they still carry all their their inner perversities with them, and that all erupts. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So, how do you think, um, considering that it's the polite society in Canada? How do you think this movie did uh, with sexuality? Did it seem like it was a little, uh, um, a little forthcoming, a little, a little outside of the norms for oh, its this time? Is, this oh disturbs me now. Yeah. <laughs> the shot of the little girl kissing the guy so she can pass on the parasite. Yeah, yeah. that's Ooh. pretty creepy. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, and, and this film opens with like you, you have the like uh, kind of a brochure of the. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it called the uh, Star- Starliner? Starliner. Yeah. It was actually this place called Nuns Island. Yes. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the repressed sexuality at all. No, none. Um, <laughs> uh, you have that brochure, and then you have the couple being shown around, and yeah. it, and it you know all, all looks very nice in a seventies way, and and that's intercut mm. with something really wrong going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think, oh, where's this going? Yeah. What's what's the young lady's name? Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah. yeah. Um. Will didn't hear this because uh, I told you this in the car, but when I played this on, I, I think it was Amazon Prime, uh, it was skipping and repeating uh-huh. the dialogue. And I thought that was the style of the movie. And I thought, what the hell is Cronenberg doing here? It sounds like a slideshow or a film strip gone bad. Yeah. And uh, in the, the characters' mouths were moving and then they'd already said the line and then it would say it again after their mouth, before and after their mouth moved. And there was like these little, Weird. <laughs> these little clicking, kachunking noises, and I thought, why are they doing this? This is weird. It, it's supposed to look like a promotional film, uh, promoting the place, and it's just the, it's not working. The audio is not working. I thought, okay, once it gets past the introduction of the building and all of his, all of its uh, amenities, um, then the dialogue is going to sync up. The audio is going to sync up with the. Uh, with the actors and it didn't and i went wait a minute i paused it or stopped it and then yeah. re- restarted it in the same spot 
And it worked? It worked. It was normal. Oh, okay. This is like the time I watched uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare and one of the channels wasn't coming through. <laughs> I thought, wow, these guys didn't even mic this thing right. Oh, and then I realized that the headphone jack wasn't pushed in all the way. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was missing an entire channel. Um, really ruined that film. Yeah, so I thought, oh, Cronenberg has a wild style choice here. What's going on, man? It was just me. Well, not me. It was Amazon malfunctioning. Amazon, yeah. Um, so this uh, this opening scene that, like you said, that's intercut, has this doctor, um, what's it, Hobbs? What Hobbs. Is it? Hobbs um, attacking this young woman who's wearing like a school uniform. Mm-hmm. Is she supposed to be high school age? No, she's she's 19. Okay, that's what I thought. She was, she was of age, quote unquote. Um, so was that she wearing was she wearing that for kink or was that a yeah she's she's uh, seems to be popular with a lot of the old guys in this apartment complex yeah because there's that guy later who boasts about getting you know, he's picked up his parasite from her yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah it mentions that elderly resident uh, complaining about his stomach troubles and that he'd been with her yeah that's kind of whatever I mean I'm not I'm not gonna shame people for their choices but um that that one seemed a little creepy he was like granddad age to her so anywho um so this uh so we just jump into this thing's already making the rounds we don't get any origin story um yeah you get uh, you, the the doctors discuss you, you get an idea of what might have happened so yeah the, later yeah so we get that it was supposed to be an experiment slash guinea pig situation Yes. But was it an alien? No. No, it's a parasite that uh, Dr. Hobbs has created to replace uh, some part of the brain mm-hmm. that uh, well, when makes the... people overthink. Oh. So Dr. St. Luke and Dr. Linsky discuss this over the phone yeah. later. And so they discover more and more as it goes on so at mm-hmm. one point he's saying oh Hobbes is developing these uh, like psychopathological uh, what's it what does he call it I forget but um, so there are the we have so many parasites in us all the time anyway yeah what if you engineered one that it would re- give you know replace an organ yeah right uh, so it would, it would take some blood but you can live you know, you're fine with that. Yeah. But it would, it would like, you know, be a new kidney or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but later he realizes what he's actually doing is really anarchic. He's trying to break down everyone's repression and, and, uh, uh yeah, because people think too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets in the way of having would, some fun. Yeah. It would turn into an orgy basically. Yeah. Yes. Worldwide orgy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could just get rid of all the uh, guilt and uh, all the hangups and, uh, you know, introduce a parasite, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So w- when they say, when, when he says a parasite that can take over the function of a human organ, eventually he just means the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that, that plays. And, and uh, the, the uh, superego. <clears throat> yeah. Kind of wipes it out. Yeah. That's, well, you know, I don't see a problem here. <laughs> Um, what could happen? Yeah. So when the guy that looks like Ross, this guy Nick, uh, he he gets kind of overwhelmed with the parasites. He goes, and I know your wife didn't watch this, Jolien, because it, no. has, it has vomiting and bloody vomiting. He vomits over the railing, 
And this this bloody parasite bounces off the old lady's clear umbrella. Yeah, olive. Bad enough that it was, you know, bloody parasite vomited off of a railing onto her umbrella. But it yeah. was a clear umbrella. Yes. And then she reckons it was a pigeon that hit the building. It was a bird. Yes. A, poor bird. Or a bird, yeah. yeah. She's worried that the, the bird is hurt. And her friend goes, whatever it was, it's in heaven now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like kind of it for the comic relief, wasn't it? Uh, there's, there's there's dark humor through this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, there was. But as far as something that was kind of a little more overtly funny, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was about it for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then the laundry lady. Oh man, that's just oh that that's painful to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it just got her and that was that. She's like on on the floor kicking, and we see her weird stockings, and yeah. it's latched onto her cheek. Oh. And you hear her moans turning into different moans. Yeah, it becomes pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it's like a vampire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she the transformation has been made mm-hmm. for sure. Then she's on the prowl. Right. Yeah. She she nabs the uh, caterer. Kind yeah. of looks like a young Castro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about the movie, but yeah. <clears throat> so I'm um, back to the. Um, the old guy in uh, Dr. St. Luke's office. Um, he uh, <clears throat> he talks about how he got this STD from the girl in the apartment, uh, 1511 or whatever. Um, the STD thing does happen in retirement communities a lot, apparently. Yes. Have you ever heard about this in the news? Mm-mm. Yeah, I guess old people are just like, well, I'm widowed and um, we're all just kind of bored and hanging out watching Matlock. Let's hook up. Yeah. <clears throat> So, you know, STDs are on the rise amongst retirement communities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, promiscuous behavior. That, that is where the parasite's going to take hold. Yeah. I think you're right. And then it's just going to work its way down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was just something that I thought of when watching this. Um, Barbara Steele is in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not, not ever a bad she, thing she gets for me. She the poster moment. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. You're right. Um, that was the poster slash uh, video box. Um, Lynn Lowry. Mm. She plays the nurse. Yep. Yes. Now she's just lovely, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. She's so elfin. Yeah, she yes. she does. She looks like in a different time she could have been cast in the Lord of the Rings movies for right. sure. No makeup. Yeah, she doesn't even need it. Um, she was previous to this in. Um, I drink your blood. I drink your blood. The Crazies. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And then later, Cat People. Not the original, but oh. the 1982 Cat People. She played Ruthie. Huh. Huh. Um, 1982 Cat People. So she was in 1973 Crazies, but also in the 2010 remake of Crazies, she was Woman on Bike, which, of course, was oh. a cameo, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, but, you know, respect being given to uh, one of the original actors. Yeah. Um, 108 acting credits. To, to Lynn Lowry, if you look on IMDb. Wow. I thought you were going to say 108 years young. Yes. <laughs> well, she was born <laughs> she, in 37. She's, she's an elf. Yeah. She she's looked, an she elf. Good yeah. A long time. Yeah. So she's in her 80s now. Um, Barbara Steele, who played Betts, 67 acting credits, um, some as recent as 2016. Um, but she was in a couple of Fellini movies, uh, including Eight and a Half. Eight and a half yeah. And then yeah. Casanova. Fellini is Casanova. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we covered Black Sunday, yeah, which um, had her hypnotically 
um, large, pretty eyes, prominently featured. Yeah. And then horrible spiking and weird rituals going on. Yeah. I didn't realize that was her. Yeah. That was Watching her. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Her maybe her eyes had shrunk a little since. Uh, maybe. Black Sunday. Yeah. Or the what was the other one? The black hair of death. Was that the name? Long of that? hair of death. The long hair of death. <laughs> yes, the black hair of death. Um, so yeah, Barbara Steele being in this um, just you know gives it gives it a, a little more something. Yeah. You got the uh, precursor to Ross from Friends, and you got Barbara Steele, and so this this must be the first uh, horror in the bathtub scene, right? If you don't count, so it predates Deadly Blessing. And yeah. And then Elm Street. Right. And if you don't count the shower scene from Psycho. Yeah. This is, we're it's talking bathtubs here. Yeah. Not a bathtub. Was was that not was that not a bathtub with a shower in it Psycho? Was, yeah. It was. But, it, it but was a yeah, shower. But yeah. But still. The, the horror came from without. It didn't appear in yeah, the tub. Different different plumbing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Different scene altogether. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, this this definitely was like gave you one more thing to be freaked out about. Yeah. Then The Shining came along and further messed mm. with it. Yeah, more more bathtub stuff from uh, Room Two Thirty Seven. Yeah. Yeah, it's traumatizing. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard me say it before. Dad took the whole fam damnly to see The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> thinking Good it was choice. Yeah, thinking it was going to be scary like The Wolfman. I wonder how many kids saw uh, Ready Player One and had to have that scene explained to them. Lots. Ooh, I wonder. Well, as you know, I, I bring the ballroom photo from The Shining to conventions with me. And over the last year, a lot of people are like, ooh, Ready Player One, yeah. Mm. Oh, shut it. Oh. Get out of here. It's like, where's your parents? <laughs> Hopefully you still have both of them so I can knock their damn heads together. Having a crappy kid like you not understanding The Shining. You're 10. You should have seen The Shining by now. Yeah. Every 10-year-old should watch The Shining. Yeah. And uh, and have a gun. Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, Red Rider. You know, a BB gun. Anywho, um, so this this movie, do you feel like uh, they, they talk about uh, this thing being an aphrodisiac and it's going to turn the world into a big mindless orgy, that whole thing? Is this sex negative or sex positive? Well, it's, uh, it play, it's playing with that. 70s thing of uh you know free love and yeah uh, and i always felt you know the 70s like the the morning after of the 60s yeah the, the summer of love so bullshit this yeah that, this is when you know uh daylight's coming into the room and things just look really ugly yeah <laughs> all plaid and brown and <laughs> sweaty and hairy yeah. um but yeah so uh you ha- you have that idea but um uh, think things are terribly wrong. It's, it's you know it's perverse. You know you have uh, you have all these like cross generational hookups and, yeah. and you have assault and yeah uh, you know it, it, it's it's horrible forms of sex really right when most of it's non consensual almost all of it I think right I did kind of feel like it had a whiff of of slut shaming to it though with uh, people being sort of judgmental of Annabelle. Um, was she doing this before the parasite? She's she's obviously slept with a few guys, but yeah. then you know the guys are sluts. Yeah, they're they're complicit. It, it's they're... Not, you know, <clears throat> it, it's I mean like the first the 
first carrier you meet is uh, that you know is a carrier is uh, Tudor. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. He's being bad to his wife. And, yeah. Um, he's obviously got other concerns going on. Sure. Uh, he's, he's more interested in his own his own little friend he talks to. You know. <laughs> Come on, boy. As a, he's, so he's lying on the bed and he's feeling the lumps in his yeah. belly and just looking down looking down at his his shirtless body and yeah. going, oh, "Come on, boy. Come on, boy." Yeah, it's, he's such a you know horrible uh, promiscuous guy. How did they make such a convincing hairy torso to have those things moving around? I in know it? it's like Joe Blasco doing his stuff on this because that looked kind of real, didn't it? Yeah, Joe Blasco did a very good job on that. Yeah. Joe Blasco said uh, he he learned how to do horror makeup from doing the makeup for Lawrence Welk. Oh God, oh. really? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, for our younger listeners, Lawrence Welk was a show where this uh, band leader would uh, just uh, say uh, introductions with a heavy accent and uh, introduce song and dance acts and his own orchestra, and he 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 conducted mainly, didn't he? Yeah, I know. I've never seen it, but but uh, apparently he, he he kind of looked younger as the years went on. Yeah, he kind of did. <laughs> but he, you know, thanks to low low res TV. Yeah. As a kid, I remember the thing I used to hear him say because I think he I think that that show was on just before Disney or something, <clears throat> and I remember they would always advertise some old lady lotion called Rose Milk, and he they'd come out of the the little commercial spot for it and he would say yes friends it really works he had like this kind of weird german accent mm. i was like Ugh. so you use this stuff <laughs> but yes. he, yeah, there was always the bubble machine going uh-huh. so there were bubbles floating around and he's conducting the little orchestra and there'd be people like dancing in their ridiculous costumes it, yeah. was, it was weird <laughs> it was weird like weird and terrible it was very old people-y and uh well, thank goodness when we become old people, uh, we won't have anything that boring. Oh, we'll let's be like, hope not. We'll be like, whoa, you should have seen Rob Zombie when he was young. <laughs> I mean, I know the show he's on now isn't anything like, like what he used to do, but you should see his early stuff. Yes. That's what we'll say. Yes, that's what we'll say. <laughs> do you want to start a new podcast called In Defense of Rob Zombie? In Defense of Rob <laughs> Zombie. No, I mean, no, I do not. It sounds like we fuck with him a lot, doesn't it? Yes. If you listen to a lot of episodes, uh huh. Yeah, we do because he's terrible. <laughs> I actually really like the guy. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing wrong with liking the guy. I like, I like him too. You just don't like his work. Uh, well, <laughs> do I have to count uh, what was that one? The Thirty-one uh, days of Salem, or something. <laughs> you're you're uh, conflating two different movies. <laughs> the Strippers of Salem, or something. Yeah, that one. The Thirty-one Strippers of Salem. You see, Will, you're making up a better movie right here on the spot. This is what it was, we do. It was the one about the uh, like poor white trash and Jerry Moon Zombie. There's yeah, a, there's a, and she played a stripper who yeah. was murdered every see, day see of October. Yeah, yeah, and you see her butt a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you just uh, described every Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, and there's a, that stutter effect, that Marilyn Manson stutter effect. <laughs> yeah, mm. the stutter step. Yeah. Yeah. So there oh. you go. Yeah, I was just talking about Nine Inch Nails recently, and I realized I had some uh, video clips of it uh, that I shot at Red Rocks. Holy crap, they spent a lot of money on the lights. Yeah. And I'm thinking... Was tra- this recently? 
Um, I want to last year. No, it was about four years ago. Oh, okay. But uh, I, I was just thinking, you know, like is is Trent Reznor's wife like? Are you gonna get all this crap out of the garage? Why don't you just go on tour? Because you know, I'd like to park the car in the garage. When um, Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson in a band together, they, they, they did a Twisted Sister tribute or something. Oh, the like the the twins of evil or the twisted twins or something but yeah they really? did they did no, no they toured together but yeah i don't I know, know they toured together but i don't know if they actually performed any of the numbers together but they should have because that'd be something to see yeah as long as manson stays sober enough to not screw it up uh, i guess that's been an issue in or the past something falls on him or that <laughs> or he falls off of something that could yeah, happen yeah, too that happened to you yeah so, how did we get so off track? Uh, I blame Cronenberg. I blame me. It's usually my fault. So, uh, uh, I, I kept thinking of you watching this. <laughs> because, like, some of the decor in this, I, you know, because you're in this, like, uh, mid-century modern house. Yes. And you had to peel off a lot of awful vinyl. Yes. And uh, you watch this movie and there's, like, you know, zebra paneling. Oh, yeah. Around the kitchens. and Yeah. This was kind of like... The little show, um, how, how do you put that? Like the little exposés in like the 70s, um, like uh, home magazines, when it would show like the rooms that, that were just completely covered with uh, the laminate, uh, the, yeah. the multicolored bright primary colored laminate. It's like, it's a kid's playroom. It's like, that's a visual assault. Yeah. <laughs> and then they would have things like this oh, where it'd man. be like, yeah, it's got white fur on the walls and mm. yeah, all this kind of crazy crap. And it, yeah, it was, it There's was a, a toilet in the kitchen. <laughs> sure. To hell with everything. <laughs> There's no rules. We're throwing them out. Right. I, I like the, the shag pile carpet in the bathroom when he's throwing up blood. Oh, oh, oh yeah. that's going to be held to clean. Yeah. yeah. Just don't, don't carpet the bathroom. No. It's just a good rule for living right there. And Who carpets a bathroom? Um, hopefully not someone who pukes up parasites. Yeah. There's some good art on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Hobbes has got a Paul Klee in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do run and, into some uh, of that. I like the things hanging <clears throat> in Nick's bedroom, those lamps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, uh, yeah, those I, glowing... I took a screenshot of those. You know? yeah. yeah. The glowing spheres. They're like <clears throat> aqua green and blue. Right. Yeah. If you ever run across one of those things that looks like a big, it's a lamp, but it looks like a big ball made of like translucent spaghetti. Yeah. Man, people pay a shit ton of money for those on uh, eBay. Like those oh. Chihuly lamps and things like that. Yeah, uh, it would just be like, uh, it, it, it's the size of noodles, but it's compressed into a ball. Okay. And it's about the size of a medium-sized globe. Yeah. And it's just a hanging lamp. And I and I had one years ago in a mid-century house that I lived in. And it was just sort of a fixture in the house. And I remember a couple of years later looking on eBay like, oh, I wonder what if, if you were to buy one of those to hang in your house, what would that go for? And it was like 170 something dollars. And I'm like, what should have cut the cord on that thing? and took it with me. (laughs) But those little tabletop, uh, like they have little tripod feet and then they're kind of beehive cone shaped things. Those little lamps are obscenely expensive. If you go to buy one. Really? Yeah. And I used to have one. I paid like 15 bucks for it. (laughs) If you wanted to replace it, it'd be about 80 to a hundred. It's crazy. Um, the decor, though, uh, not as crazy as um, A Clockwork Orange, but nudging in that direction. 
pretty close. And what year was that one? 70, 71, I 71, think. yeah. So everything was trying to be really new at the time. Yeah. And trying to reject anything too groovy. Yeah. So that was... Or not groovy. Or not groovy. We, we, yeah, we reject everything that's not groovy. Or too groovy. We, we just... We just... <laughs> like a measured amount of groovy here. Yes. Don't violate the groovy limit. Um, the groovy limit. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so everybody becomes a sex-crazed, infected, um, parasite pervert. Uh-huh. Um, Once again, I have to say, I find Cronenberg's movies really positive. Right. Like, all these bad things happen, you turn into a fly, or you have some sort of brain-exploding psychic. Yeah. But it all seems like, in the end, it's not so bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the end of this one, everybody drives off in a pair, you know, yeah, yeah. to spread the love. Now, here's a question. Yeah, like Janine is hooked up with vets. Yes. And she, they're like a couple now, and they drive yeah. away. They're yeah. quite happy. So here's a question. <laughs> Would the parasite care about the host's um, sexual proclivities or orientations? They didn't seem to. They, they seem yeah. to be omnisexual. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because that's kind of what I thought I was picking up on, and that was one of the pieces of evidence to that but i thought well if it's just easier uh if if a guy who has the parasite sees another guy who needs the parasite well why doesn't he just roll on him yeah do well this i thing. think that's what happens when he goes down to the garage or he goes down to the the garbage yeah and the handyman's down there and attacks him i think he's just yeah Ooh, there's another person who doesn't have a parasite right so hey you know what you need mister a parasite <laughs> <laughs> Hey, mister, can I interest you in a parasite? <laughs> no, nah, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. had a parasite yesterday. <laughs> um, so I guess the question would be, uh, once this thing is on the loose, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, this, this came before um, the remake of Bo- Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Um, at this point, do you think Cronenberg was thinking about the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Do you think that might have been on his mind? I'm sure it must have Probably been. Probably is so much part of the culture. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly a guy like him would have seen that movie more than once. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that was kind of in his head like, ooh, what if you took that a little further and a lot crazier? Yeah. Or a lot further and a lot crazier. <laughs> what if it was an STD? Yeah. And what if <laughs> it was a like And it was in a building. Yeah. Not a town, but a, just a building. Just a building. Yeah. So, um, so did this create the tension that you, uh, Julian? Did this create tension for you that like being contained in an apartment building? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really cool idea. I like the uh, the, the um, starkness of the architecture. I, I love all these early Cronenberg movies that it's always wintry. Yeah. And the architecture is kind of harsh and. Yeah, the trees are bare and yeah, <laughs> everything looks cold and and the, you know there's lots of white walls and yeah, yeah. Um, there's always a kind of a hermetic environment that's going to be disrupted by blood and whatever. Yeah, whatever whatever um, excretions occur. Mm. <clears throat> so, um, and speaking of which, the uh, the parasites themselves look like. Turds and yeah, penises and yeah, 
all at once. Did you think of brain damage? A little the, bit. The Frank Henenlotter. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that was kind of on my mind. Really similar idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's not terribly off. He, they, he was going to use actual slugs. Oh. But uh, you, you know, when they were filming it, they had to uh, they had to live in that apartment building. Oh. <laughs> and people were still living there. Yeah. So they they put out they put ads up in the uh, in the lifts around the the apartment block saying you know, can we use your apartment and then they drop by someone's apartment and then they they decide which ones had uh, cool uh, interior decorations and mm. um, they could base characters in and uh, but anyway they were going to use actual slugs and and David Cronenberg had to uh, he had to live for the duration in in one of the apartments and uh, which they also used as the special effects lab oh so the the fridge was full of you know all sorts of <laughs> horrible things yeah but it also had the, the the crew's beer in there and it also had the uh, the slugs in there oh and the crew turned up the refrigeration for their beer and it killed the slugs oh so they had oh. to come up with these other things yeah oh, they're like man. this is simply not cold enough and the slugs are like hey wait a minute <laughs> i feel sluggish um oh. so um yeah the uh um so uh janine and bet's are um they're they're sort of attracted to each other before yeah they're kind of besties before yeah but, but bets you get the idea she's more than she's interested in being more than a friend right and then once you get the parasite involved then yeah, yeah it's on yeah there's no holding back um so uh so saint luke uh dr saint luke reminds me of charlton heston uh in uh uh a Soylent Green, where he's kind of like the only one who gets it and he's running and he's yelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reminds me of Donald, not Donald Sutherland. Uh, um, Kevin McCarthy? The one, the one in... Uh, Body Snatchers. Body Snatchers, yeah. yeah. It's Kevin McCarthy. Okay. Yeah. It reminds me of him, like the last one, and then finally there's just no stopping it. It's on and it's going to happen. Yeah. There was a, quite a feeling of Night of Living Dead for me when yeah. they start to converge at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys get that too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, the zombie movie thing was just like... Yeah, I, I got the idea is like a reversal of uh, that situation because he he's this like uh, uh, cisgendered white guy who's like, uh, he's kind of smug about his own sexuality. He can, uh-huh. he can like brush off his nurse... You yeah, know, he just takes her for granted. Yeah, she doesn't actually get him until the end. Yeah, sexually, um, when it you know, when he meets his doom, as it were. Yeah. Um, but uh, or yeah. liberation, so if he's, you he's ask the a rep- slug. Rep- representative of of like white uh, supremacy. Yeah. So it, he's like the opposite of the Dwayne Jones character. Oh yeah, That's a good point. Uh, and he gets brought down by the eruption of the id at the end. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of societal stuff going on here, isn't there? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not just simply a story of a scary slug monster making well, its it way. It never is with Cronenberg. No, it? that's true. <laughs> it never is. Yeah, Cronenberg is just levels deeper into things mm-hmm. than a lot of his audience probably would pick up on. Um, so the swimming pool, any idea why the swimming pool? That Does that symbolize anything? I don't know. So don't when know. he goes they to run a... When uh, when the when Saint Luke goes to run away and he's and, it, and it, it, you've got this weird depth of field thing and this weird lighting thing that happens and you're not really sure 
what he's running toward. Is it a wall? Is it a hedge? And then you realize it's a couple of little rise, yeah, little, yes, and, little and hills. And then you see the zombie, the sex zombies coming over there. Yeah, they come over it like the end of um, Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, what, God. I, that's oh, what God. I thought of at the time. Oh, that's probably very wrong. But, you know, the, everyone comes over the hill yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so and he, he returns to the swimming pool where his, his uh, girlfriend and, and uh, Barbara Steele are waiting for him. Splashing around, giggling. Yeah. Having a good They're time. happy. Yeah. <laughs> come in. You know, yeah. Water's fine. And then, yeah. then there's no escaping. Yeah. So it kind of, um, you know, the, the idea of the 70s of all these like uh, key parties and pool orgies and stuff like that. Yeah. It just it seemed like a satire of that. And then um, you, you're left to assume, you know, he's uh, he's been overpowered and he's been yeah. assimilated or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, the final scene you get, uh, it's just before dawn and there's and you hear the announcement that... Uh, is it on the radio? They're, ta- they're talking about it. Yeah, um, where and people are leaving this area in cars to mm-hmm. go into Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the rest of the world. And the rest of the world, consequently, yes, because they were contained, and now they're on the loose. Yeah, and it's just like any good virus; it's going to be really hard to stop it. Yeah. So, um, we're we're left to assume that. Uh, if this were made in today's world, there there would be sequels. <laughs> but but back in the good old days, you're just left to assume what might happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Or the end of Planet of the Apes, what had actually happened. <laughs> and why that's such a freak out. Now, for anyone who's not seen Planet of the Apes, I don't want to spoil the ending for you, but it's real good. Yeah. You're uh, talking about the Tim Burton one. Yes. 2000. Yes. One? Is that 2001? Is it Marky Mark that's in that one? Yes. Okay. It's like, I can never remember which Wahlberg. Is it a, it's Matt Damon, right? Is it? Jesse Eisenberg? Michael Sarah? I can't, I can't, I don't know. I can't keep those guys straight. Um, whenever I see Jesse Eisenberg, I call him Michael Sarah and vice versa. Oh, okay. You just have to. Yeah. Did this ending work for you? Yeah. 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 I liked it a lot. Yeah. A good way to end it. It was exceptional at the time for uh, things to end badly for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Had he gotten away, so let's say that he swam really fast to the other side of the pool. Oh, look, there's an open door. There's a car. The keys are in it. He gets away. Yeah. Who's going to believe him? Mm-hmm. Nobody. He can't fight it. Right. I loved how he and, and the other doctor were just like, yeah, we'll take care of it. It'll be, you know. Yeah. That'd be no big problem. I'll roll in about 9.30. We'll yeah. probably get this wrapped up in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have my second cup of coffee. Yeah, oh, no. It go- ends really badly for the other doctor, like oh, Dr. Dr. Rollo. Yeah. What <laughs> happens to him again? Wait. He gets a whole face full of slugs. Oh, God. And so, then yeah, he, he tries He goes to, into Tudor's apartment, doesn't he? Yeah, and he tries to pull him off with a pair of pliers because they're burning his face. Jeez. He falls face down into uh, Tudor's stomach when yes. the parasites have burned their way out. Yeah. And then Tudor comes in and beats him to death with a pair of pliers. God. And it's bloody and awful. Now, Ross never did anything like that on Friends. Yes. You don't remember that episode? <laughs> when he beat Rachel to death and had to hide her potty? It was a really dark time. Dark, dark season on Friends, that last season. <laughs> That's right. It's like, we don't care which one's marrying which one. Just stop it with the pliers. Yeah. 
Uh, you ever see someone have to pull um, porcupine quills out of a dog's face? No. Yeah, that's a bad scene too. They use pliers usually for that. So this thing really does it really does wrap up with just like there's there's no hope. This yeah. is it's, mm. it's the it's the classic hopeless ending. And I like that. Yeah. I want I want the evil to escape and and the the doom to be you know on on the horizon. Yeah. Because Hollywood endings as they call them, they're just not good. Not always. I mean, it is sometimes nice to have the last minute save on something. I mean, if they were all like this, you'd get tired of that, too. Yeah, I, I got tired of it in the, like, the 2000s. Cause yeah, it there were the so many of them that get everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah. And they're making another Terminator movie, speaking of which. Yeah. 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 Linda Hamilton's back. Mm-hmm. As the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the trailer for it. Yeah, I yeah, saw, I some saw the trailer. I saw behind-the-scenes stuff and interview stuff, but I haven't seen the trailer yet. I'll go see that. Um, rather than ask you guys if you recommend this, first I want to ask you is, who is this for today? Not in its day, but today. Who is this for? Uh, for today? Yeah, who should seek this out? Who should watch uh, this? Germaphobes, <laughs> people who live in high-rises. Uh, people who recently binged Friends. Yeah, Friends fans. And anyone with a tapeworm. Yeah. Uh, I think Jordan Peele would love this. Oh, yeah. If he hasn't seen it already, he probably has. Oh, he has to have. Uh, it's really good social satire. Yeah. It's very high energy, punky, disturbing. I feel like like he's... Probably more disturbing now than it was in the 70s. You're probably right. Um, I, I think Jordan Peele is, is definitely a scholar of this sort of thing. Yeah. And has certainly seen this. And uh, uh, the Soska twins are supposed to be remaking this one or, yes. Ra- or Rabbit. Is it this one? Oh. I can't remember. I, I want to say it's Shivers. I think it is Shivers. But uh, Rabbit and Shivers could be like merged into one. Yeah, just make one long movie out of it. Yeah. They're kind of the same. Well, I... I sort of story. I hope they do a good job with it. I mean... Uh, yeah. Give it a shot. Well, I hope it means a, a good release of this. Um, yeah, it could that could be something that comes along with it. Yeah. Is for this thing to be remastered and look great because the copy was a little fuzzy. And I uh, think that's probably as good as it's going to get. Yeah, the film stock in the '70s was hit or miss. Yeah, and some of it maybe didn't age well. And who knows if you get a new print from a negative, it might look great, but. Um, some of that stuff, if it, if it wasn't a big studio with a big budget, some of the film stock just looked a little, a little, I don't know, what's a good word for it? They were experimenting with some different chemistry and it didn't always work. Yeah. It just looked, it looked brown and plaid and sweaty and hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much captured as it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's just what was on screen. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. My mistake. That was nothing to do with the film stock. But anyway, um. So yeah, as far as who it's for, um, I think real horror fans, you know, who are willing to do their homework and look at some early stuff and understand it for what it is and see some of the things that they've seen in other movies in a different light and that doomful ending. Um, yeah. Do you recommend it though? Oh yeah. I mean, this, yeah this, if you're a horror fan, this film does things that you probably couldn't do now. Right. It's not for the normies, though. No. no. No person who's not a horror fan should even 
start this one. It's not for <laughs> this, you. This movie lets you know <clears throat> pretty early on that it's going to go into areas you don't want to... Yeah. You're not comfortable with. It gives you plenty of stops along the way to turn back. Yeah. Yeah, when C. Everett Coop strangles <laughs> little orphan Annie at the <laughs> very <right>. beginning. <laughs> uh, you know what you're in for. Yeah. I remember C. Everett Coop doing some press conference or something. This was the Surgeon General for years. Uh, my dad said, he looks like an old sea captain. Because <laughs> he, he had did. that big beard, but no mustache. No mustache, just the beard. Yeah, you're right. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we all agree. It's for horror fans. And uh, if if something of this period is unappealing to you, if you can't watch anything from the 70s, you won't enjoy it as much. But if you give it a chance, you probably will. Yeah. So there's that. Can't imagine not loving things from the 70s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plenty of good movies made in the 70s. Yeah. Man, fantastic what? movies made Golden in the 70s. Age. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff. Sure. Well, but, well of course. Know, that's true now, too, though. <laughs> I think the, the, the longest American golden age of horror was late, you know, Night of the Living Dead. And Rosemary's Baby through to uh, the mid-80s. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. We did get a lot of good horror there. Yeah. So um, that seems like that that uh, puts the recommendation and the answer out there. Now, if we have uh, Ziggy able to join us, we can cover another scream or two. Ooh. And then maybe a Final Destination instead. I don't know. I'll probably have forgotten Scream 4 again by then. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, you'll watch it again <laughs> watch and it be again. like, this seems huh. so familiar. <laughs> we, could, we could just watch that. Is this just a wrap-up <laughs> from the last Scream? <laughs> we could just watch that Dead Meat guy again. That James Janice guy. He just the kills. Yeah. Was, I'm just oh, watching yeah. those from now on instead <laughs> of the actual movie. Yeah, Will's doing the cliff notes. So, yeah, that ought to do it. Well, yeah, let's keep that as a possibility, and if that doesn't uh, come to fruition, then we'll we'll have another movie, and we'll just surprise our listeners as usual. Rapid. You, you want to just go on another Cronenberg tear, don't you? Oh, I'm yes. up for that. Are you up for that? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay, so if you don't see Scream and you see Rabid, don't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so is Ziggy likely to come back next week? And then we can do The Brood. Um, I'm not sure, but I believe school is out at the end of this coming week. Okay. And she'll For be summer? For Forever. Thank you. It's blown to pieces. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, she'll be working at the shop uh, part-time. And for the, summer? For summer. Yeah. <laughs> you should have said forever. Forever. She, no. She's not going to be a camp counselor or anything? No, but she should. Mm. I think she knows what to avoid. Yeah, she knows the rules. Yeah. She yeah. knows the rules. Yeah, she knows all the rules and knows what's to avoid. And, uh, and um, you know, where to look and where not to be left alone. There's not just, you know, just some real basic stuff here, people. Um, so, yeah, that'll it'll go one way or the other, but we we don't know because who knows what happens right when school gets out. Yeah. There might be stuff you have to do, barbecues, parties. Yeah, I'll I don't see know. where I am with this project. Yeah, you're working on a top secret thing we can't mention. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, could, we could taunt the audience, but we won't. <clears throat> so should we call it a show? Let's call it a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Keep off the moors.